From the Ohio News Network, this is Ohio Sports Magazine. Now here's your host, Matt Andrews. Greetings and welcome to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine here on the Ohio News Network. It's a championship week here in the capital city and in the Buckeye State. And for more on the Columbus crew winning the MLS Cup, their third ever championship we bring in our guy. You may know him as T-Bone here on our flagship in Columbus, but Jonathan Smith is a, a large crew supporter. I've called you. I, I tried to figure out how to announce this. A crew saint, a crew supporter, a crew saver, a diehard. <laughs> what do you want, and how are you feeling, partner? Oh, I'm feeling great. And uh, you know what? Just a just a longtime crew fan is, is perfectly fine. I have covered the team off and on, but uh, I've been a fan first pretty much since the early 2000s was at games at Ohio stadium when the crew played there before they even had a soccer stadium. So yeah, being a Columbus resident, it was the first professional team that we had in a major league. And so that was a big deal for me as a kid. And that's kind of what got me into soccer growing up. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Jonathan, what's the genesis of your fandom? Yeah. It, I mean, it started with my dad and mom taking us to, Ohio Stadium to watch Brian McBride play for the crew. He was their first draft pick. Um, But, you know, growing up in Columbus in the time I did, which would have been the late 80s, early 90s, you had Ohio State football, which, of course, I still love. And then you had a bunch of, you know, minor league type of sports. We had some minor league hockey teams like the Chill. We had clearly the Columbus Clippers were a thing. Uh, They were, or at the time, an organizational AAA affiliate of the Yankees. They've moved affiliation now to Cleveland. But anyway, those, those were the teams that I grew up with. Not really having a professional sports team in town, I always wanted something like that. So when we found out that Columbus was going to get the first major league soccer franchise, yes, it was a startup league. Yes, it was a league no one had really heard of. And it was a sport I wasn't familiar with. But for me as a kid that said, oh, wow, Columbus is on the map. Then a few years later, the Blue Jackets started playing in the NHL. So now we have an NHL big four league team. And that... That made it feel even more like a professional sports city, but the Columbus crew love kind of started there. And then as I got older, I, I had, you know, the ability to drive myself to games. I ended up being old enough to, you know, drink alcohol occasionally and uh, going to games and finding people that wanted to tailgate and party. Then I found a group of friends. And so that that led to maybe in the early 2000s. That's where I really got into like, OK, I'm going to every game. I'm hanging out with diehards, that kind of stuff. That's what really solidified the fandom. On Saturday, December 9th, the crew with a 2-1 win over LAFC to win their third cup. And Jonathan, there's been a lot about the organization, and we'll get into that. But in the context of this third championship, based on the previous 20x years, I guess nearly 30, what does this one mean? Um, This one is a validation of, I think, the crew's level of play over a period of time, not just within this season. This is an organization that, uh, you know, back in those late 90s, early 2000s, they were in conference final games. They played against DC United, lost a lot of those games. DC United went on to win championships. The crew were just right there. But that was a 10-team, 12-team league at the time. It didn't have quite as many teams now. But the crew back then were really good. 2008, they won MLS Cup. The league had grown a bit. It was still not necessarily outside of Columbus, maybe seen the way that you know, certainly crew fans see it now. We reflect back. It was a great time. The league wasn't viewed the way it is today. 2020, you had another MLS Cup victory. That happened in a pandemic. That was a, a thing that 
There was a, a whole bubble that they played down in Orlando where they played a bunch of their games. It was just a weird season. You didn't have fans in the stands. You had, I think, 2,000 people at Crew Stadium, historic Crew Stadium for that game. This one, you got everything. The fans were there. It's at the new stadium, Lower.com Field. It's the stadium that was built after the efforts to save the crew. And you've even changed head coaches since that last MLS Cup victory. And yet you're still winning. That, I think, now has put the crew from, they're always kind of a really good playoff-level team to now, wow, they, they're they one of the elite MLS franchises. They're one of the elite soccer powers in North America. That's that's a different level for this club, and I'm glad to see people starting to recognize that, and I think that recognition is going to continue. What was your day like? Did you go to the game? <laughs> I know you had an appearance before the game, <laughs> yeah. but you were there, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so given my media obligations, there was a little uh, a thing I had to do for the radio station before the game, but I got there, uh, was in you know about a 45 minutes before kickoff, and for me going to these games, it is, uh, I, I tell people sometimes, it's like uh, if you went back to uh, your hometown, like if you moved away from a small town when you were younger and you go back, or if you had like a really good time in high school and you have a lot of friends from high school and you've moved on. When you go back to your high school, you go back to your hometown, even if it's been 10, 20 years, maybe you haven't talked to some of these people in a very long time. You see them and instantly that connection's there. That's one of the things that I always get going at crew games because I've known some of these people for the better part of 25 years. So even if we don't talk on the phone or even if I don't message them all the time, Seeing those people again, there was just hugs. There was, you know, elation. It was almost a like, oh, good, you got in because <laughs> it's a small, you know, it's 20,000 seats. These were high demand tickets. If you got in, it was like, oh, thank God you got to get in here and see it. There was a lot of that. And then, of course, the game starts and all that goes completely out of your head and you're yeah. just watching the game. I was as a fan and just living and dying with every pass, every lost possession, every gain possession, every shot. I'm it, we watched for, and I thought the game probably was 25 minutes old. I look up and it said it's been three minutes and 52 seconds. I'm like, you got, I've, <laughs> this is going to yeah. be forever. So it was a nerve wracking day, especially at first, once we got through the initial, you know, celebration hugs and thank goodness you're here and all that stuff. The atmosphere looked unmatched on television. That's how I was watching the game, but people appeared to stand most of the match. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, the Nordeca is the fan supporter section the uh, north end of the stadium where that's it's built for standing. It's built to have people up on their feet. They have, you know, positions for uh, basically cheerleaders, yell leaders who kind of stand there and direct the crowd into what to say. There's a position where the drums and the horns can all be there. They've got signs, banners, you know, draped everywhere. That's that's what the Nordeca does. That whole stadium felt like the Nordeca. I mean, even the even the away supporters from LA, that was their hardcore supporters fans that, you know, make that trip 4,000 miles to come to this game, 3,000 miles whatever it was. They were all up for the entire game even though they were losing part of it. So it was yes, it was about as good of a a sports atmosphere as I've ever been a part of. And obviously it's not going to match the numbers if you go to a a Browns game or a you know big Reds game or, or an Ohio State football game in terms of just the sheer amount of people that are in the building. But as far as every one of those people, I think it <laughs> pound for pound, I would say it was as loud as any place I've ever been. We'll have more on the Columbus Crew Championship. We continue with Jonathan Smith here on the Ohio News Network. I've always wanted to read a promo with the words Yule Log. I'm not even sure what a Yule Log is, but I like saying it. Yule Log. Yule Log. Isn't it festive? Is it gross? Who the hell knows? Happy Yule Log season from Creepy Voice Guy and the Fan. 
Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Jonathan Smith is our guest on the Ohio Sports Magazine this week talking about the championship for the Columbus Crew, the third championship ever. And we we mentioned it a bit in the opening segment, Jonathan, but let me dive in a little bit more. There's a number of fractions to this championship that I find just incredibly uh, interesting, for lack of a better term, but one of them being Wilfred Nancy, first-year head coach. Tell me about his background, what made him appealing, and how it worked with this team. He is truly an interesting story. So, uh, played in France. Uh, he is moved to Quebec to try to, you know, or to Canada, rather, to try to pursue the dream of coaching. Got in as an academy coach with Montreal, and then from there worked his way up into a position where he eventually became the head coach of you know an MLS team, uh, Montreal Impact, or as I think they're now called, a Club de Foot, <laughs> Montreal Club de Foot. But anyway, uh, they were known as Montreal Impact, I believe, when he got the job. So he worked there, did a very good job. People noticed how good he was. His teams were very organized. They were very you know good on the ball. They did not give up possession easily. And so he started becoming a hotter name in coaching. People started noticing what he was doing. But in Montreal, they didn't quite have the the players that some of the other teams around the league had. And people wondered, if man, if you could get him out of Montreal, what would he be able to do? He turned that team into a playoff-bound team, put him on a good playoff-level roster. Could he turn them into champions? So last year, Columbus decided to part ways with Caleb Porter, who won the last MLS Cup here. But two seasons after that, they missed the playoffs with that Basically, same roster. That wasn't good enough for ownership, and I think that was the right call. So they did something kind of unprecedented that you haven't seen in MLS. You see it in other soccer leagues. They went to Montreal and said, what's it going to take? What can we pay to get him out of his contract to come here? There is a little bit of a backstory there. He had a falling out with ownership from from all accounts, from the reports. So there was an opportunity, but Tim Bezbachenko, who runs the Columbus Crew, GM and pre- team president, who by him, by the way, is a Columbus guy, went to DeSales High School in Columbus. So his parents are season ticket holders, have been before he ever worked there. They, he grew up going to crew games too. Uh, he did kind of a really great front office move to pull Wilfred Nancy out of Montreal, get him to Columbus last year. And that was that was kind of the story, was what's he going to do when he gets a hold of this crew roster? And now you see the results. Uh, the After the game, a quote that was making the rounds, and it was it was on the broadcast, you know, sideline reporter goes up to him and says, you know, what do you want to say? What, what 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 did you tell your team? And he looked at the camera and kind of paused for a moment. He said, impossible is an opinion. I mean, it, I, poets. It's a great quote. <laughs> impossible <laughs> is an opinion. I mean, that seems like something Kobe Bryant would have had on a Nike shirt, right? Or, or LeBron James. Like, these are the type of inspirational sports quotes that I think just mm-hmm. go wild. They go viral. They're the type of things people look for. So to know that that's the motivator you had behind this team uh, it was it was truly interesting to see how they played. They were inspired by that confidence, I feel like, because that's been his whole MO with Columbus. Be who you are. Don't be afraid. Welcome the challenges. Be brave. Be courageous. Tactically, he does a lot of things on the soccer field that we could get into the nuts and bolts of. They are also really good. But if you don't have that buy-in from the players, it doesn't matter how smart your formations are, what you tell them to do. If they don't want to do it, it's not going to work. Jonathan, speaking of opinions, it is my opinion that the crew hit a grand slam with their new ownership group and the Haslam's, Mr. and Mrs. Haslam, and how they've handled this mess that was and now has become just a, a joy. 
Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit on ownership? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and Dr. Pete Edwards is part of that ownership yep. group too. The, Apologies. Uh, no, no, no. That's okay. The Well, he's, I think he's a key piece of it because he's the team owner that had the tie to Columbus that kind of brought that save the crew aspect in. He used to be the team doctor. He was the first employee of the original Columbus crew in 96 as a doctor. He's a, a, a orthopedic surgeon by trade, uh, but has a, a nice practice and apparently has done well enough to work himself into some kind of ownership position. But yeah, when that opportunity came up, they needed a partner that could bring the the kind of you know professional sports dollars that you need to run in an American pro sports landscape. The Haslam's have that. They're you know they're in the billionaires category, and so their partnership I think really has changed this organization because they've done a really good job. The Haslam's have by and large of hiring smart soccer people and then letting the smart soccer people do the soccer things. Now they've had their their opinions on uh, logos that have they've changed the logo since they came here. They've done some stuff off the field to kind of do put their stamp on this team. But as far as the on the field stuff, they hired a guy in Tim Bezbachenko, like I said, who worked in the league office as a lawyer, kind of wrote some of the salary cap laws that still govern Major League Soccer. He then went to Toronto and built a championship level team there. They pried him out of Toronto, got him to come here. So I guess you can say they've been good about poaching from Canada because <laughs> they did that <laughs> with Bespachenko. They did that with Wilfried Nancy, but they, they've, they've made smart hires and then let those people do what they're good at. They've, when those people have come to them and said, we need this amount of cash layout to bring this person here, be it a player, coach, anyone, they've mostly been up to the challenge on that. So it's it certainly helps to have that as well. You've got to have the financial backing to make it work. A little more with Jonathan Smith when we continue on the Ohio News Network. Hey, folks, it's game day, and the betting's going to be intense, Drew. You said it, Dave, but a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right. you got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play to set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop. Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Our one affiliate, WBNS-TV in Columbus, has more. Haley Kirby, reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House, Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate, WKYC-TV in Cleveland, explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson, in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. From, from the Ohio, Ohio News Network. Network. Hey, I don't care what kind of tractor you drive or what color it is. I'm going to ask you to check out a new tractor. It's made for landscapers, hobby farmers, and landowners. Fully loaded with features and backed by a strong warranty. TYM tractors have earned the top dealer's choice award for four years running. No smoke and mirrors, just a solid tractor to get the job done. And you get the best incentives of the year by visiting TYMoffers.com. That's TYMoffers.com. Durable and affordable. You can thank me later. Do you have foot pain? Foot pain is not normal regardless of your age or job. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet and can provide important foot care solutions or shoe inserts to better manage foot pain. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. We've been serving the profession and the public for over 100 years. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. 
Hello, it's John Kozik, founder and president of TurboTrack Realty, and I buy houses as is fast for cash. Call me today for an all-cash offer on any of your properties, and we can close within days at 614-470-2000, 614-470-2000. Do you own a property that's outdated and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, I'll buy it. Give us a call today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000, 614 614- for seventy two thousand, would it be convenient for you if you could simply take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. I buy vacant properties, inherited homes, divorce situations, death in the family, apartment buildings, rental portfolios. I even buy my tenant won't pay me the rent houses. Call TurboTrack Realty today for an all cash offer and speak with one of our friendly staff members at six one four four seventy two thousand six one four four seventy two thousand. The fan, the fan, Ohio sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Jonathan Smith is our guest as we continue on the Ohio Sports Magazine talking about the crew championship over LAFC on December the 9th, a 2-1 Columbus win. Let's, we've got a few minutes left. Simply the talent on this team. What has shown down the stretch and allowed them to get to the pinnacle? Yeah, I think you have to look at the starting, you know, big name guys on the roster. Cucho Hernandez uh, was playing in England, playing at a pretty high level. Uh, He's the type of player that even five years ago would have been tough to convince to leave an English soccer team to come play in America, play for an MLS team. But the transfer fee reportedly was in the neighborhood of $10 million dollars. That is the most that a crew team has ever paid for a transfer fee. They also, to start this season, had Lucas Elleray on, who was the previous high, and that's both under the Haslam ownership group. They spent the money to bring in some really talented players. Elleray on in the summer left to go to the Middle East, where he's playing in the league now, uh, and they replaced him with Diego Rossi, another guy that probably cost in the millions of dollars to bring here and then is on a high salary as well. So you've got those high-level talents on this roster that cost a lot of money that the elite teams in Major League Soccer, they're paying for that type of talent. The the bottom feeders are not. But there's also guys like Darlington Nagby. Another Ohio guy played at Akron. Uh, he has won MLS Cups every MLS team he's been on, Portland, Atlanta, and now two with the crew. Uh, he is a winner. He's a leader. He's the captain of the team, has Ohio roots. He was sobbing on the field uh, when they won this Cup because it meant so much to him. You could tell how much he buys in. Um, so there's there's that. You've got the leadership aspect. You got the high dollar talent. Then you've got guys like Malte Amundsen. Malte Amundsen was on New York City FC this year. Uh, he was barely playing. He wasn't even sometimes getting into the 18. So he's being left off the game day roster essentially. And they looked at him and said, "We can get him for nothing." So they did, and they had a plan. Tim Bezbachenko, Wilfried Nancy said, "This is a guy who works in our system." He's a you know outside back who they have as a center back in this formation. He played the pass to Yaliaboa that sent in the second goal. Yaliaboa had a great finish on that. He's another player that is here because of good scouting and all that. Those guys are not necessarily your biggest stars. They had the biggest play of the season getting that second goal for the crew that ended up being the game winner, two to one. Like you said, that was the second goal. So Finding those high-level talents is great, but you've got to be able to find the guys in MLS who are just a little out of favor. They're not getting used right. Alexander Matan's another example. They sent him off to Romania to basically they thought he was never going to come back to MLS last year. Wilfried Nancy resurrected his career this year. So 
they have it at all levels. They have the the cheap talent, the not the not expensive players that fill out a roster. They're really good, and then those high dollar players have also been very effective. I'll let you end it however you'd like with this. We've got a couple minutes left from the win over FC Cincinnati to get to this point. Mm-hmm. From Don Garber presenting the trophy, <laughs> you surviving the parade, you <laughs> sure. helped save the crew. Now you have survived and celebrated the crew. What's it mean beyond your fandom for this city? I think it's a it's just a really important thing for uh, the city of Columbus, but certainly even the state of Ohio for soccer fans to see this sport continue to grow. I know there are a lot of kids now who can't imagine watching soccer in the state of Ohio without the crew, right? Or without, you know, if you live in Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati, although I know there are a lot of crew fans in Cincinnati too. But I think that's really the thing going forward that I'm excited about is it establishes that this sport, which a lot of people have loved in this state for a long time, now the top end of it is really good. You've had youth programs that are excellent. You've had high school and college programs that are excellent here. Now you're also seeing it at the very highest level in Major League Soccer, the highest level that we have in the United States. Now that that team is also an excellent, dominant team. Even the academy for the crew. They just won Academy of the Year. These are the mm-hmm. the young future players that they're bringing in at 15, 16 years old. Those guys eventually in a few years may be hoisting an MLS Cup for this city too and for the state. So I think that's to me what I take away is the future is bright for soccer in Ohio and it's bright in part because there's three stars sitting over Columbus. And that's what I like to see. Glory to Columbus. That's right. Glory and if you to don't Columbus. mind, we could do this again in one year. I, I would love it. Let's book it now. <laughs> Let's make the appointment and just go ahead and put it on the calendar. I hope that happens. You're the best. Thanks. Jonathan Smith, T-Bone, our guy from our flagship here in Columbus. We'll have more of the Ohio Sports Magazine while we continue right here on the Ohio News Network. Bobby Carpenter once sold workout equipment on QVC Canada. There's no joke here. That actually happened. Morning Juice with Bobby and Beamer. Weekday starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now let's check in on Cleveland. Eric Reeser joins us from the Ohio News Network. Talking with Jeff Ellis, he's the host of the Locked On Guardians podcast. Download, subscribe, or listen to the Locked On Guardians podcast wherever it is you do your podcasting. Jeff, let's start with the biggest news of the offseason. The Dodgers signing Shohei Otani to a seven-year, $700 million contract. He'll defer 98% of his yearly $70 million until the 2030s. Jeff, what do you make of the signing overall? And was there any other team that could have made a deal like this? Such an interesting signing on so many levels. First off. I know $70 million is, is per year, so we can get into the deferred money of it. Uh, is a ton, but if you look at him as a pitcher and as a hitter, one could argue he's worth $35 million, maybe more as a hitter or as a pitcher. So when you combine both aspects, it's nothing like him. There's no two-way player in football. There's no one who does what he does in any other sport. Uh, so that really makes him stand out. Now, he makes so much from endorsements. Uh, I think I saw estimates closer to $50 million per year that you know, he took a $2 million salary for every single year, and the rest of it's deferred. So the other $38 million per year is deferred. So the Dodgers can avoid luxury taxes and avoid some of the bigger penalties so they can keep adding more talent. So he, it's a team-friendly $70 million, uh, if that makes sense. It's like the ultimate Bobby Bonilla contract. He's going to make a lot after he is done um, with the Dodgers. On top of just being the player he is, he's also... 
internationally the most marketable player in the sport. I think I saw estimates that he was worth 20 to $30 million a year to the Angels alone. So he's on top of just his ability, he's going to generate so much income for the Dodgers. Uh, I, I don't see any way they really come to regret it being a, a major injury. And the funny thing is, he's probably not going to pitch at all next year due to major injury, but he can still go out and be a really effective uh, designated hitter for that team. And he, like I said, it, it's just a player we've never really seen or experienced. Uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. I'll be curious to see how all of it affects baseball going forward, if they're going to try to block deferred contracts like this. Uh, supposedly the Giants offered a very similar deal. So, um, yeah, teams like Cleveland, Cincinnati, they can't afford no Tani, but there were five to ten teams that probably could have matched this contract. Pivoting to the Guardians, Jeff, the relative unknown with the future of their TV rights is reportedly the reason they're not pursuing Big Fish this offseason. Is that a fair argument for the team to be making, in your opinion? We don't really know what's going to happen. Cleveland is probably not going to be on Bally's. Uh, from what we know, there are two things, though, that could make this not as bad for Cleveland. They were supposed to be due for 55 to $60 million. That's a lot. Uh, one can argue TV money is has a bigger impact than gate sales anymore. So for Cleveland, the talk is, you know, reading around, looking at stuff. Um, the, the San, what San Diego did with the direct sale model. Um, I know a lot of people think that, like, oh, well, maybe Cleveland will just lift blackout restrictions. It won't work that way. You'll have to pay probably somewhere around 20 bucks a month to watch the games through the MLB uh, network channel to be a separate thing to, for non, uh, you know, to, to get that local blackout restricted, which for some people, I mean, they'll gladly do. They didn't want to pay for cable to watch the games and the Bally's app uh, at the best of times was horrible. Uh, I never, never, I don't think I heard one positive thing about it in my entire time, uh, covering this team. So, uh, the estimates on that is that could make around 40 million, maybe a little less. So the drop off there is, is, you know, 55 million last year. So that'd be 15 million. But the, the secondary thing, as reported by Ken Rosenthal, is they've changed how luxury tax money worked. They used to get split up amongst all the teams that didn't pay into the luxury tax. Now it's only the teams that, um, essentially get those competitive balance picks. It's those teams that are in that lower tier. And last year was the highest ever luxury tax payment. Uh, I've read upwards of a hundred million dollars. It's only going to get split amongst like eight to 10 teams. Uh, maybe maybe 11 or 12. I'd have to really sit down and look at the numbers, but that's another 10 million. So you're looking at a case where they could be, you know, high 40s, which is still down, but, you know, being down somewhere in the 7 to 15 range as opposed to being down, you know, 20 to 30 million is just not as uh, crippling. Jeff, the team has made some acquisitions over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Scott Barlow comes over from the Padres. Ben Lively gets a one-year deal after time in Cincinnati and over in Korea. Which of these two righties are expected to crack the starting rotation next year? I don't know if either of them will crack the rotation. Lively is just kind of funny because they tried to draft him. Well, they did draft him out of high school back in 2010. Uh, We're unable to sign him. And he has the fourth highest war of that draft class uh, behind Drew Pomeranz, Tony Walters, and uh, Cody Allen, who they actually didn't sign that year. They would get him in 2011. So not the, the best draft class for Cleveland. Uh, Lively is probably going to be a swing arm, maybe like that role that Xavier Curry had a year ago. This might push Curry to the rotation where he spent a good chunk of the year. Barlow, I think, is going to be their eighth inning setup man. They added $6 million in salary. He's kind of, for a team that let Quantrell go, it, it kind of speaks a lot to what they think Barlow can do. 
Opening day is going to be here before you know it. Smarten up by listening to the Locked On Guardians podcast. Wherever it is you do your fine podcasting, the host of the Locked On Guardians podcast, Jeff Ellis, is my guest. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today, bud. Oh, no, it's always fun. Thank you for having me on again. Thanks, Eric. Up next, we head south here in the Buckeye State. Paul Keels checks in on Cincinnati right here on the Ohio News Network. If you have an unhealthy obsession with the Blue Jackets... We have just the remedy. Join us Wednesday nights at 7 for the Inside Edge. All the jackets and hockey conversation you can handle. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Nation. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now let's go to Paul Keels on the Ohio Sports Magazine, checking in on Cincinnati. This week, it's our pleasure to talk with Jake Lisko from the Locked on Bengals podcast. And uh, Jake, boy, in the past month, when we thought things maybe were going to be going in the wrong direction due to the Joe Burrow injury, are you like so many of us that there's a little bit of hint of enthusiasm and optimism about what this team is doing? I think there's plenty of reason for optimism about what the team did the last two weeks in particular. And we'll see how they answer the bell when things get tougher here, at least on the offensive side of the ball. They've played two of the better matchups and maybe worse defenses they're going to see down the stretch the last couple of weeks. And they had great results against those teams. The AFC South is on figurative fire right now in the bad way. They had a very, very bad week 14. The Bengals took care of the Jaguars in week 13 as well. So I have my doubts about the AFC South in general and the matchup for the Bengals offense, I think against very aggressive defensive lines in the Indianapolis Colts and Jacksonville Jaguars really played to their advantage in the running game and in the screen game. And those are two huge reasons the offense has been able to get things going for the last four weeks of the season. Yes. More backup quarterbacks for this defense to hopefully feast on with Minnesota, Cleveland, and perhaps Pittsburgh as well. But I do think the road gets a lot tougher for this offense in these next four weeks, and we'll see how they answer the bell against stylistically disparate and results significantly better for the, the next few weeks on defenses the Bengals will be playing. It's just a tougher strength of schedule. Speaking of backup quarterbacks, Jake, what's been your take of what you've seen from Jake Browning? He's been great the last two games. They haven't asked him to do too much, uh, but it's hard not to be impressed with what he's done and the few opportunities he's had to really play quarterback. He's executing the game at a high level, and, and that's really what you ask for, executing a game plan that is screen-heavy, that is play-action-heavy, that is boot-heavy, that is run-pass-option-heavy. He, he's doing those things very well when he's asked to just be a strict backup, uh, drop-back, not backup, strict drop-back passer. There has been some success there. You've also seen some issues come up, some hesitancy come up, some turn-into-a-scrambler plays occur where he's not exactly sure on his first read or doesn't like his first read and he'll turn into a runner but what they've been able to get out of him is more than enough and so i think a lot of credit to jake browning a lot of credit to this offensive staff to the offensive line to the running game for putting together game plans that are friendly enough for jake browning to go out there and execute them at a high level and get really great results with the 30 plus point performances the last two weeks but again, like I said, it gets a lot tougher. You have a Minnesota defense that's polar opposite, as Jake Browning said in his presser this week, and I agree stylistically to what Gus Bradley's Colts do in terms of how they present disguised coverages, how they will 
very rarely send your traditional four-man pass rush, which is essentially all the Colts do. And with the Vikings, conversely, you're going to get three-man rushes, a lot of six-man rushes, a lot of zero looks. They're going to have guys dropping out into zones to try to confuse you. So, again, it's on the Bengals coaching staff and Jake Browning to deal with a very different stylistic defense and one that's really going to try to confuse you and make life very hard on the quarterback. And we'll see how they react this week. Jake, in your thoughts, seeing what Chase Brown did, and we had a chance to see Chase a fair amount when he was playing college football, uh, what kind of an additional element can you imagine that bringing to this Bengal offense? They've gotten him downhill. They've gotten him very easy plays to use his athleticism. And if they continue to do that, I think that's how they should continue to use Chase Brown until the game slows down for him. And they've gotten, again, great results. And, and you love the deployment of Chase Brown. I know a lot of fans are very frustrated that they didn't see him earlier in the year. I think we would have seen this at least four weeks earlier if he hadn't had the hamstring injury. But when you can run these plays where you have defensive lines really flying upfield and you're getting the, the bend back plays that Chase Brown hit for a big run against the Jaguars, you're getting the toss plays where he can get out into space and use his speed and athleticism, get him in the screen game where he can just take off and attack wide open green grass. If you can push those buttons, you're going to get a lot out of that athleticism. And it does give them a speed element out of the backfield that I think is a badly needed change of pace to Joe Mixon, who I think is still good at the complicated stuff in the run game where you have to set up your blocks, where you have to make pre-line of scrimmage reads and decide which hole you want to attack on zone plays. And there's a lot more to do in terms of reading it for Joe Mixon before he gets downhill. But when the Bengals can get these easy designer runs, we'll call them, and that's what we talked about on Locked On Bengals this week for Chase Brown, where he has one place where this play is going, and if it works, you're going to have a hole. You're going to be able to hit it decisively, get downfield, downhill, use your speed. When they can do that for him, you're seeing what the results are. The results are very positive. So hopefully they can continue to find those touches for Chase Brown as the defenses get tougher and all this stuff as well, and can continue to find ways to use his speed effectively. Jake Lisko from the Locked on Bengals podcast. We encourage all to check it out, and we really appreciate your time each and every chance we get to talk to you, Jake. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. We'll have more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Getting a live Christmas tree to plant after the holidays? Well, here are some tips. In the house, keep it away from heat sources that could wake it up out of dormancy. You don't want that. Dig your hole now before the ground freezes. Or if you plan to wait till spring, you need to protect roots from extreme cold with mulch or straw. And move it from the warm house to an unheated area like a garage temporarily to make the transition outside more gentle. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from the Ohio chapter of the International Society of Arboriculture at treesforohio.org. That's trees, the number four, ohio.org. Do you want a job that is flexible, secure, and fun? It also offers excellent pay and is ranked as one of the best jobs in America, too. I'm talking about being a dental hygienist. And all you have to do is complete a two-year program after high school. Visit ODA.org to learn more and to start helping people love their smile. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. 
KONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Our Winnet affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcast from the Ohio News Network. Hi, the Scott Antique Markets are back again at the Ohio Expo Center featuring hundreds of vendors with collectibles and merchandise from all over the world. The market is one weekend monthly, November through March. Build your family heirlooms. You can find everything that gets old. Just take I-71 to exit 111 to enjoy America's favorite treasure hunt. Visit thescottantiquemarket.com for more information. Come join us at the Ohio Expo Center for the Scott Antique Markets. It's huge. It's the Scott Antique Markets this weekend. Hey, I don't care what kind of tractor you drive or what color it is. I'm going to ask you to check out a new tractor. It's made for landscapers, hobby farmers, and landowners. Fully loaded with features and backed by a strong warranty. TYM tractors have earned the top dealer's choice award for four years running. No smoke and mirrors, just a solid tractor to get the job done. And you get the best incentives of the year by visiting TYMoffers.com. That's TYMoffers.com. Durable and affordable. You can thank me later. Hey, folks, it's game day, and the betting's going to be intense, Drew. You said it, Dave, but a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right. you got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play to set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop. Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org. Ohio's sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. It's the ultimate Cleveland sports show. And let's check in with our producer, Colin Berenger. Thanks, Matt. This week on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the guys talk about all of the injuries surrounding the Cleveland Browns roster. And the guys debate if they could bring back any of the guys from injury to play the rest of the season, who would they pick and why? The Browns, we talked about injuries to start the show, have sustained a handful of crippling injuries this year, but they're still 8-5. and five. Very few teams, I think, could lose their quarterback one and their superstar running back and still be in the position the Browns are. So taking everything into consideration here, everything we know, if you could reverse, essentially undo a season-ending injury to a Brown superstar this season, would you undo the injury to Nick Chubb, Joe, uh, Deshaun Watson, or someone else? But I think it's between DW4 <coughs> and Nick Chubb. Jay, you want to start? Well, I was shocked this was even a question. I, I want to see if someone goes this, the other way. This, this, I is very, some, this is a very dangerous game you're playing here, McNuggets. I, I want to know where so, y'all go. So let me give you some facts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is funny. I thought this was a layup. It is funny that you guys all say it's a layup, but no one wants to go first. I'm I love to go Nick, first. Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer, Nick Chubb. I don't think it's a no-brainer. I think the right answer is Deshaun Watson, but I'm saying Nick Chubb. The right answer is probably Deshaun Watson. Because quarterback's the most important position. You're getting decent quarter. You're getting good quarterback I, play right now. The last two weeks, we've the got, only thing, we've got the, nice quarterback. The only play. thing I know that's missing. He had two good weeks last year for the Jets, and have it go after that. But the only well, the only thing to what we missing, know now. 
to what is, we our, know now. is our run game. If we had a run game, I'd be yeah, so Yeah, we're confident. talking about one of these players is, <laughs> yeah. if not the best at his position, <laughs> I, yeah. he's top three. I, I believe, Sean Watson is not top three. I believe three. that uh, Jay Crawford and G. Bush said the Browns running game was a lead a month ago. Is that not the case anymore? Listen, who I still. Oh, 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 Listen, wait, who said that? They both said it. I still like our run game. Y'all said that? Yes. I, said, I don't know that we said elite. Oh, I yeah. said I said <laughs> we need to run the ball more. I've I've always said that. <laughs> And I still what think I won game. You're walking what back. Are they you walking back. I, 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 on, I listen, y'all said elite. I'm, no. I'm, I'm, drop, I'm yes, dropping back. In, I'm dropping back in the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they used the word elite. What did you say? What, what I said was, I like our running game. It's like that. The, uh, the Simpson the slides back into the bush. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this G boy sliding back into the bush. No wait, but Jay's pulling the idea of the same card. I still think when y'all said it, they were that was the week where they had 150 yards, that was 170 the one game they had. We were, we was pulling back then. When we, I we said it, they were number two in rush. They was hot. They were number three. Yeah. They was a, they, they still were number two. In rushing yards, they were top three. Okay. They were top three. Okay. What so, I'm gonna say right now, the reason I would make the case for Nick Chubb over Deshaun Watson is because if Nick Chubb was in right now. Right now, this oh. this offense is exactly what Kevin Stefanski pitches his offense to be. Yes. He wants to run the ball. He wants to run play action off of it. Just imagine if Nick Chubb was there oh. and being a being dominant in the run game, the play action would be even more wide open, and Joe Flacco would make the easy throws. I mean, yeah. it would be a, a slam dunk. Browns- With Deshaun Watson, the playbook would be you got half of what he wants, half of what Kevin wants, and then you got to try to compromise in the beginning, and they just haven't been on the same page. I- it looked good for a while, but there's still – seems to be something missing where those two just aren't connecting 100% right yeah. now. But with Joe Flacco, he's doing exactly what it is that Kevin Stefanski envisions his quarterback should do. Yeah. You give him a great running game, this team is yeah. a Super Bowl. Now again, gee, I feel like an insane person I, saying, I, I agree saying Nick Chubb. I really Boom. do. But it is Nick Chubb. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, you shouldn't feel insane. I think I feel everybody insane says because, Nick Chubb. Well, Deshaun Watson, despite some struggles, has still played, in my opinion, the two best games the, by quarterback this year. The Re- tit- really? The Titans game and the Ravens game. Oh, I yes. thought Joe eclipsed that Sunday. <laughs> okay. He took the 300 yards and three touchdowns. Okay. You think uh, he played better than yes. Austin in Tennessee? Oh, no question. Yeah, no, it's not even <laughs> he, a question. He had two turnovers. It's not, what are you looking at me? Look at the numbers. He had two turnovers. <laughs> Who did? Joe Flacco. Yeah, uh, the interception on him? <laughs> yes. Uh, no, it's it. not. No, 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 no. Anybody that watches football knows that interception's not was, on him. It, it was okay. still a bad throw, but it was a it was terrible throw. It was a timing no. throw, and he threw it when he was okay, supposed so to throw it. Out. The route got, got interrupted. Sack. That's There's not no even debatable. That's not debatable. Look. You played uh, safety. I didn't see the pick. You you didn't see the interception. I, I, I mean, I saw it, but I don't remember it. Right oh, off okay. The top of my well, head. they showed more ran into it. They showed they showed an ISO replay. I'm about to look it up. I'm about to look it up. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it's one of those interceptions. The ball's got to be out of his hand when he threw I'm it. I'm not saying that's a Flacco interception. No, it wasn't. Now on the sack, he's got to feel that pressure. Here we go. Hold on. Here we go. Right now, I'm gonna see it. Give me a second. The receivers run into each other. That's not on Flacco. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. on Flacco. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. No. You can't oh. dig he, for that. Nah, he should have. He should have. Uh, uh, well, no, he, to throw I, it in he, the dirt. You know what he wanted? A string so he could pull the ball yeah, back after it's out of his hand. He should have saw it, threw it. Oh, and just threw it in the dirt. He's throwing to his spot. He knows he's got to throw it when he throws it. Now the route was interrupted and the receiver didn't get there, so it was a pick. I, I, clearly, I'm not digging him for that. On the on the sack, yeah, he's got to feel that pressure. And it was, and and oftentimes this is the case with a strip sack by a quarterback. It was a millisecond from being out of his hand. 
To catch the full breakdown, just search the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube, subscribe to their page, and enjoy daily content covering all things Cleveland sports. We'll be back to wrap up this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue on the Ohio News Network. It's the event we've all been waiting for. Chattahoochee College takes on Beaver College in the Delta Rooney Bowl. Live from Common Man's Basement. Sponsored by Flacco, my Cracko. Happy holidays from your dumb friends at the fan. Man. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. That'll put a wrap on this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Our thanks again to my guest, Jonathan Smith, as well as our Locked On contributions for this week's show. Now for Paul Keels, Eric Reeser, and Colin Berenger, I'm Matt Andrews. We'll have another show for you next week here on the Ohio News Network. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, 